We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 29th day of June, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. It's good to see you, Ned. How are you today? Wasn't expecting you today, but I'm glad you're here. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, it's just that this, all of a sudden I realized it's the end of the month and there's loads of snippets and things starting at the beginning of next month. I just felt I had to come on and have a giggle and say a few things. Well, that's good. That's good. We've got a lot to discuss today. We really don't have anything planned, so it's going to be one of those conversations. It's just organic. We're going to go right off the uh, the cusp of things and see where we go. Uh, I do have some funny things, and Ned, I think you've got some funny things, and uh, we're going to discuss that. Uh, Bruce, how are you today? I might find them funny. <laughs> yeah. You're going to find it funny, I promise you. Uh, healthy and alive? I do have some things. I do have some things lined up here today. Uh, we can discuss uh, some things out of the United Kingdom. We can discuss some things out of the United Nations. We can discuss some things out of Europe and America in general. So we've got a lot of places we can go. But here's the problem. Everything that I have is kind of... It's health related. So it's all uh, COVID, monkeypox, you know, usual pandemic backlash studies and statistics and, and all that stuff. That's what I've got. Uh, and I've got some other things. But before we get to that, I thought that we would lead with this. Ned, would you like to tell our listeners, for those that don't know, and the ones that are not listening in the UK, would you like to tell the listeners what Glastonbury is? Well, it used to be a music festival, and it was a very non political music festival although you do get representations from the type of music and stuff that's just music and singing and it's it's a lovely few fields that turn into a bit of a mud ball if it rains and people just generally um and if it gets that bad they just leave the tents behind and up and leave but they have a pretty cool time while they're there yeah and it's usually memorable and that's what it's all about letting your hair down and chilling it's basically right. it's it's our equivalent in the, in America. Our equivalent, as you said, is like Burning Man or something to that effect. It's maybe it's not quite that extreme, but it's or, or Woodstock or or something like that, Woodstock, right? So it's like yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, just a modern day kind of thing. Uh, Zelensky was speaking there just the other day. <laughs> um, he he was uh, the guest of honor up on the big screen, and then well, that was a few days ago. Then you had Greta Thunberg. She spoke there as well. Uh, she, she was on stage warning about uh, climate change. I've got the speech if you'd like for me to play it, but I think it'd be irrelevant. That's sort of, uh, yeah, I know, I know. And then you had Paul McCartney, right? One of the, the, the former Beatles. Yeah, you had him. He was up there waving the Ukraine flag around. Uh, well, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was it was quite a spectacle. Then you had this. OK, this is the aftermath of the festival. Now, does it look mm -hmm. like they were clean people does it like that's the main stage up there that you can see in the that's, distance that's, that, that's that's climate change <laughs> yeah that's climate change all right this is the trash about... <laughs> the, the rubbish as you call it this is what they left behind that is the future two million tons of microplastics that is unbelievable is this the system is this yeah, no no that's what i said they well if they don't they'll just dump i said that is no that is glass that is what they do if somebody comes on there and that might actually be because there'll be a lot of people there. Sometimes I haven't seen it that bad because they usually just leave the tents if it, and it's usually only if it's bad weather. Because if they've turned that into a, a political rally with Paddington Bear and his marmalade sandwich from the Ukraine, because you know he's the, he was the voice of Paddington Bear, don't you? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, path yeah. that pathetic git. And while you're on it, I've got something to say about him. But if they've turned this into a political rally with climate change and that, that might just be the response to people saying, up yours. It's entirely possible. That is entirely possible. So but I, she did I, get a standing I would leave ovation. It a bit open. She she got yeah, an ovation. I she did. I, was that one or two digits? Um, could have easy, very easily been two. Uh, may, maybe even three. I I'm, I'm not entirely certain. Everybody thinks about yeah, but 
stand an ovation and then that mess behind. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's um. There's something being said there. But Zelensky. He's on there, right? And this is really pouring the pants out of me because the how many celebrities have gone over there from everywhere in the world now? Uh, ben Stiller. Endless amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Oh Ben Stiller saying you're my hero. But there's no other crisis in the war. There's no other so-called wars going on in the world uh, that's up to the celebrity standard that they should go over there, no? Yeah. Well, right, just Ukraine. That was never actually declared as a war anyway, only by the media. No one's actually said it's, you know, declared war on anybody, have they? I haven't heard it. No, no. The, the no, only no, no. People... So we've got all these refugees, we've got weapons and everything, but no yeah. war. There, well, there's there's a war, it's just not a declared war. Uh, but what, what that is... It's only the only war going on there. Go ahead. The only war that's going on there is Zelensky once again against his people. Because we know that that country is divided. There's that river that runs down there. Yeah. Do you know what he did? And he just he just said, hmm, I'm going to ban Russian language again, which they've already done, Russian music, Russian literature. He's openly said that. And also, he has banned any government opposition by law. So I that's did see a that, yeah. democratic state, is it now, is it or not? Yeah, yeah, they're fighting for yeah, they're fighting for democracy over there. Oh yeah, I would go a step further. I I would go a step further. I would say that that's not just what you're saying because I agree with you. It's not just Zelensky against uh, against his people in that respect. But I also believe that the whole thing is is a proxy war, and what you're seeing is the West, as in the NATO allied countries, against China. That's what's happening in there. It's not Putin that's financing that war. It's Beijing. They're using the Russians to wage that war in there against the West's money laundering system because that's what they oh, put the in West there. Is the West is funding it too. Oh, they're, they're funding it because that's their money laundering they're, operation. Yeah, they're putting their they're putting their weapons in and yeah. still buying fuel. Yeah, from the Russians. So and they're laundering their money. We know that them. they're doing basically. Yeah, and oh, the amusing thing is bringing the perspective to this side of the pond. Uh, no sooner had Zelensky banned all that and banned government opposition. Ursula, the head of the European Parliament, actually voiced up and stood up and said, Ukraine is standing up for our virtues, European virtues and standards. Uh, sorry? So that does that is she trying to tell everybody that the European Parliament is now a dictatorship and that nobody else has a say? Or what? I mean, as you laid out there with the banning of Russian literature, music, all the st- all the things Russian, that's fascistic. And saying that uh, Ukraine is holding up our values, so you're 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 fascist then. <laughs> so they've done they've done this hopefully in Ukraine, and now the head of the European Parliament is saying this. So what's she doing? Telling the rest of her parliamentarian MPs, as in you're not having a say or what? But it has been a bit like that, really, hasn't it? I really don't understand why she's still there. Because she oh, does do. exactly what she's told. Yeah, she. Yeah, she does I do. Told. I do. But actually openly saying it to people, have you got the answer? That's the only way of the only reason I voice it. Not for us, everybody that's out there. Think on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Moving back to, to Glastonbury here to, before we move on. This uh, festival, I mean, you have a lot of people that, that go to this thing, obviously. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people descend on that. Um, is it called Worthy Farm? Oh, yeah. There's, 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 there's more than one stage. There's loads of stages yeah, yeah. and tents yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's called Worthy Farm. That's the name of the grounds. Is that is that correct? That's the farm that's out there. I um, think so. I wouldn't. I don't know. Actually, okay. Well, anyway, it's it's it whatever the farm is. I think it's yeah, Worthy Farm. I'm sorry, Worthy Farm is what it is. This year, you had quite a few festival goers that brought their electric cars along because they're saving the environment. You see, <laughs> and it was part of the um, the Leave No Trace yeah. campaign. As you saw, the, uh, the the piles of rubbish that was leaving no trace. They put in charging stations, right? Because they don't have obviously any charging points on the farm, so they put in some charging points for the yeah. festival goers that brought electric cars, like their Teslas and you know their Renaults and whatever else they have that's a plug-in to, to plug in there. They charged festival goers eighty pounds, which is about a hundred U.S. dollars or thereabouts, to plug nice. your car in and to charge it. But here's the problem: they followed the lines back to figure out where the the electricity is coming from. <laughs> yeah, they were all plugged into diesel generators on the other side of the farm. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what else? Here's here's these massive diesel generators, these industrial diesel generators they brought in that are belching out black smoke. <laughs> yeah. Charge your oh, yeah. electric fossil car. Fuel, fossil fuels all going in. 
and they're charging you 80 out. pounds. They're charging you 80 uh, pounds to charge it because that's what they got to pay to put the diesel. In. <laughs> and that's why it's climate change. I wouldn't. I'd love to hear the speech because he probably said, "And for climate change, we put these in." It probably would have gone down them lines as well. Yeah, and people would have gone, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Get off the stage. Put the music on, please. The uh, the organizers on the website wrote the following. I'm just quoting from the website. As a rural location, Worthy Farm has very limited capacity to offer electrical vehicle charging on site. Just as drivers of petrol or diesel cars need to make sure that they have sufficient fuel for their journey, if you're traveling to the festival in an electric or hybrid vehicle, it is important to make sure that you have a sufficient battery charge for your journey. Please charge before you travel to the site. If you have less than 50 miles of charge on approach to the site, please recharge before you enter the festival car parks, making sure that you have sufficient charge to start your return journey after the festival. Payment is by card only. Please note this service is for an emergency use only and cannot be guaranteed. So please do charge before you arrive. Mm. They didn't make a mention that they plug in the diesel generators, though. They won't. Hmm. They won't. That's why most countries that have got um, energy problems at the moment... I was switching I was back incorrect. to fossil fuel supplies. I, I'm so sorry. I, I I was I was wrong. They didn't charge 80 pounds to charge your vehicle. They were charging 80 pounds an hour to charge your vehicle. Ah, depending how long your car took to be charged. Yeah, how long it takes to be charged. And most of the time, if you're sitting at say, oh, I don't know, 50 percent of a charge or something, it's going to take a few hours to charge it. That's nice. I wouldn't know because I don't own an electric vehicle. But it would. I would say it would depend on. How much energy they were generating, whether it's a fast Current, charger, yeah, whether your car they, was compatible yeah, yeah, with yeah. a fast charger. So mm -hmm. there's probably a yeah. lot of things that go in there. So you're probably play, paying at least 80 pounds. Oh, yeah. It'd be a trickle charge, wouldn't it? Just to see how it'd yeah. be a trickle charge. Anything they can do to keep you on there longer. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that was my opening topic just for the uh, just for the fun of it, you know, to go along with the uh, the political lunacy. Uh, and I've got more. But uh, Ned, let's let's jump to you. Uh, you you've got to have something to uh, to get us off the starting block here. What do you got? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was just going to follow your line of thought there to start with. Um, okay. All right. Well, I can move right I on. Can to e I, can either stay, I can either stay in the UK and talk about the lunacy of Operation Mobilize, if you want. Let's go there. Yes, please. Let's go there. <laughs> Operation Mobilize. I have to hear. You said this in prep, and I just busted out laughing. So, and I told Operation, you, you said Operation you weren't going to tell mobilize. me. So, mobilize what for what purpose? Uh, the British forces. Now, it's not because there's a war going on, but it's to save Europe. This is the head of our, this is our general head of staff. Oh, yes, I heard about the this. The armed forces. Well, and, Mr. Wallace, um, I think his uh, name General is. Sanders. Sanders. No, it's Sanders. Sanders, okay. Yeah, not Colonel. General, sorry. Okay. And he's, um, he stood up there and he he he, he, started, he went on for a long time. But basically, what he was saying, he was going, ah, oh, this is our 19, this is our 1937 moment. Oh, for God's sake, well, he did not. <laughs> doesn't mean we're going to declare war. But we've got to get, and then he went into how we're going to do, have our regulars prepped, our reserve forces, and even the civilians. And it just went on and on because it will be called upon Europe and the UK to save Europe from the never-ending possible march. And they're giving it, am I really hearing this? Huh? And it was it was just, and that's what they're doing here. It is just. Oh, for God's rrr. sake. Excuse the me. US, the I got US so far and then I thought I'd switch off. Yeah, I did see yesterday the U.S. has increased its garrison in Germany. That's been our biggest deployment zone since after the war. We have our largest so, number of troops here at any time in the last 20 years. We're now up to 100,000 U.S. troops stationed here. <laughs> so how, how do we play this? Um We've just we've seen what happens with places like Afghanistan. We've seen what happens with Yemen. We've seen what happens with Ukraine. Is the same thing going to happen with Europe bit by bit? And is it just going to be a dumping ground and a never-ending mess of dead bodies and crap? Whose agenda is that? I don't know. You've got an establishment that's running out of time. I mean, they're they're running out of time. They're trying to bleed the supply lines dry. They're trying to bleed the energy reserves dry, which if you haven't been paying attention to what the old man is doing over there in the U.S., he's been bleeding the strategic oil reserves. Do you know what that's for? Uh, I'll tell you what that's for. That's not for running the American economy. That's not what it's for. Teddy Roosevelt established yeah. that. 
It's for de- it's national defense. Teddy Roosevelt established yeah, that for us to run our yeah. navy if we had to. That's what it's for. Now, granted, most of our fleet now is nuclear, thank God, but we still have a lot of our fleet that is not. A lot of our resupply ships and things they are not nuclear. We still need to put diesel fuel in those uh, in those ships. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I did get something wrong. It's not his name's Sir Patrick Sanders. Sorry, he's the chief of general staff. Okay, <laughs> so he's a head man. And he's out there. And if anybody wants to look it up, you could actually watch his speech. It does drag on. But that is what they've got clued up. And the UK's falling in line with a load of garbage. That's what you're trying to do. And they use rhetorics like brutal aggression of Russia and Putin and that. Excuse me? They've got the GDP of Italy, for God's sake. (laughs) I'd say brutal aggressive moves are when you're supplying somebody with weapons and watching them die and using them as puppets and not caring. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, you know, they're sending, I'll tell you what, they're doing this wrong. They're doing this. You're you're a retired military man, right? So tell you tell me if I'm wrong. All right. I know Bruce already agrees with what I'm about to say because he and I have been talking for years about this. But you, you're a retired military man. You tell me whether or not you agree with what I'm about to say. They're doing this wrong. And believe it, I'm not a military strategist or anything like that. But this is just common sense to me. If you really want to defend against, quote, Russian aggression, all these arms deals that all these these uh, Western countries are sending to Russia, you need to be arming your population here. That's what you need to be doing. That will stop any Russian aggression if you're so concerned about it. You need to be arming your populace. You need to be funding programs to train them on civil defense. That's what you need to be doing. But, oh, no, we can't do that, can we? Because if we do that, well, then, well, it might get into the hands of criminals. Or, uh, or, oh, or, hands of criminals to criminals. or it might just be used to remove the people that are in office. Mm. Would that be dangerous? That would be a real problem. Yeah, that would be, wouldn't it? But like I said at the beginning, when we did that open bet, and I still stand by it, Putin doesn't want to go any further than that river. He doesn't want to go any further than that river. And he hasn't applied his armed forces to any degree of war. No, they're second and third string people are in there. Yeah, this is just simmering it's keeping it going so like i said i'm still out on whether putin's part of it or not because it is just keeping this ukrainian mess going and that is the fog that is the fog of war that keeps people's minds away from everything else we have our next mile marker by the way when it comes to that it was just announced before we went on it was just announced that both zelensky and putin have both agreed to attend the g20 summit in november Mm. So November, interested. November, yeah. which is interesting because they're saying September, October, November is going to be the, quote, supply chain crisis. Mm-hmm. Hey-ho. Take a quiet time, have a cup of tea and start it all over again. Keep it running. And yet in the States, they were talking about this could go on for five, 10, 20 years. And what's China doing in the meantime? What are they doing right now? I mean, they just built the third carrier, haven't they? Yes, they just put well, it to sea last week. Yeah, they just put their yeah. third carrier to sea. And yep. they did announce oh. today that they are possibly pursuing a five-year, you know how the communists always love to do five-year plans. Uh, they're looking at doing a five-year zero COVID strategy, the Chinese, <clears throat> which you know what that means. That means strict regulation of the economy. And they're in the process right now of changing. They're not making consumer goods any longer. They're switching to a military economy. So yeah, in order they're on to a do military that, footing already. Yeah. yeah. And this this is what's this is what's interesting to me is we're we're sitting here and we're we're really concerned about China and and I believe that we should be, but at the same time, economically, they're almost in worse shape than what we are here in the West, in a way. I mean, they do have their belt and road, but whole, that's not that's not operational fully yet. The whole structure is like um how can you say something you're looking at and you're wondering what the hell's going on? Do you remember when they built those bridges in the early days with the wires yes. and they had reverberations and they had this sort of whiplash effect? Yeah, That's like what the world's economy system looks like. It just, and there's no stabilization anywhere. It's just God knows. And they're just playing with it one way or another. And they think the answer, it'll be, whereas in the old days, the answer used to be, and this went on for hundreds and thousands of years, you got to a point where to restabilize it, debt was written off, and then you start again. They think they can just restabilize it by making digital control. So they can then literally do what they want and make things disappear. Yeah? 
an endless cycle of more and more for who and less and less for who and more gray days for no that isn't that just it's, it's a sticky plaster for doom that is it doesn't work and it won't work um i don't know i mean <laughs> some people are actually um getting a bit uppity in america about it. it's a texas what are they up to they want to secede from the usa they were putting a yeah. paper forward yeah texas has the right to do that but that's not going to happen yeah that's been a thing for the last like I know it's decade been plus it's, yeah been, it's been going yeah. on and they're raising it again. It's yeah. quite an interesting paper though. They, yeah, but they, they do, do that every, time. every year. Yeah, they they do that whenever they need to rile some Texan people up. You know, oh yeah, we're going <laughs> to secede. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but no, but it is it is excellent. I mean, you get the like what we talked about last with the abortion laws and things like that. That is just another thing, another yeah. crisis. It's meant to get you to the next one. Yeah. It's just a bridge. Yeah, I know. But that that is the damning thing about those things is it's about life and everything else and how people face it. And it causes nothing but destruction and damage to life. And those people bring it up as a political agenda to use it don't care. It just, it's the people have got to say, look, yeah, this is this is totally all wrong. I mean, if, if you look back, if they look back, they were sensible both parties look back they could go hang on biden was for and now he's against and now he's for and now he's against clinton did the same everyone in political party everyone in these political parties swung have swung both sides when they wanted to use it because they know there are certain things there are two major things in your country the gun laws and abortion rights and they swing both sides all parties have done that why don't they just look back and go, okay, as a test, I'll do this. Well, that's a load of bollocks because that means no one's going to really support us either way, only when it suits them. Don't, none of them care, really. And there's your proof, people. Just look into the history of it. Look into your own political parties. I mean, you've got the lobbyists on both sides, the charities on both sides, and they actually lobby the political parties to get them to say it anyway. Whoever shouts the loudest gets, what, gets their answers. But that means you're talking to people who don't care. Neither party cares because they've both done both sides of the fence. So it's it's up to the people to sort it out between them. And that means, I'm afraid, you've got to be nice to each other and talk about it and act like responsible adults. That'd be a first. It would be a first, but you can't have people acting like responsible adults when they're exposed and constantly force-fed perpetual propaganda on daily entertainment programs that keep them in a dumbed-down perpetual state. Do you know what I mean, though? Perpetual, you know what I'm saying? Perpetual propaganda spelled bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, they, that's right. That's right. That's for example, for example, right? For, for example, let's, let's go with a couple of examples that I have lined up, okay? I, I had these that I was going to be keeping until the end of the week when you were on. But since you are here... And you've surprised us today, and I'm glad you're here because these came out today. We have to play them now because I was I was really upset that I was going to have to hold them the rest of the week. Oh, please do. Please tell our listeners, for those that don't know, who Jeremy Vine is. A uh, two-faced rat. <laughs> no, really? No, apart from oh, that. He, he, he's, he's basically, um, he's a man who basically wanted to play, always play devil advocates on his radio programs, even went on to telly, in media, and he was... To be seen at one stage, be devil's advocate, play both sides and bring out a rhetoric or both sides of the argument. But funnily enough, he joined the COVID strata of media and started to back it up and have people on that said everything unkind about those who didn't follow a government line or a, a political or a party line or sorry he showed his true colors he's a spineless shit i'm sorry this is him walking into get his covid jab last year mask on i'm actually i'm almost wanting to run in because it's so exciting because finally finally protection against covid here we go okay it's all done you're joking no Okay, so that's him getting his COVID jab. This is his show this morning. Sore throat, headache, <coughs> cough, aches and pains, and a Joy Division t-shirt. So I'm in bed with it, with it, with COVID. Previously, years gone by, I would have come into work with this. You can walk, you can work. Obviously, that's not possible now. Going by our show, 
out of the presenters, 100% of our presenters have got it. That means... Some of our presenters have got it. That, that means there must be a lot of it about. Why isn't the government mentioning it? Why isn't the government saying anyone vulnerable, you know, stay indoors? Look, my lost, tip, that's the, a big uh, red line there. Yeah. There's oh, a lot of it around. That's his COVID test, yeah. Shouldn't they be saying, <laughs> lock up your daughters or tie your mother down or you know, just just stay in if you are he does vulnerable, but we've not heard a peep. He's they're whining. Just, I guess they're too busy. Oh, Jeremy, Aww. get well soon. That was yes, literally well soon, yeah. me last week. Oh, it was last horrid. Week. Okay, I was over it maybe after five or six days, but it's still so unpleasant. But so, Nina, is Jeremy right? So it was my Jeremy Storm, myself, my whole family, my children all got COVID. Do you think the government should be doing more? Of course they should be doing more. And the reason they're not doing more is purely finance, apart from anything else, because they are not um, – we don't have free tests anymore – Means, but it also means that we're not collecting the data. We should know about the data. We should know what's going on in our country. They should know what's going on in our country medically, and we should know as well, so we can make an informed judgment. But it is completely irresponsible, reckless of them, and typical of this government that oh they God. don't do anything. I'm not asking for a <laughs> lockdown. I'm not asking for anything other than the government to, to make a statement on where we are at the moment. Even, you know... We'll no doubt be discussing masks, and I know that um, Dawn's going to be discussing masks. Oh but, yes, yeah. You know the mask. It's I haven't back. given up wearing masks. I still wear masks. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've not well, not two and a half years. I, I wear masks when I go into a shop, any crowded setting. Even if, okay, all right, all right. That's enough. Of that. That's enough. Of that. <laughs> I can't Look, do anymore. The, hypocr- the, the, the hypocrisy of it all, right? All of it. All of it. They're, they're, they're sitting there and they're saying, "Why is not government government giving a data out and stuff like that?" Uh, but you're the media that's not giving any data out about what's going on. The data's there. Not. The data's there. Yeah. The UK it, Office of National there. Statistics, it's there. The the numbers of the damages that have been caused, the number of deaths, it's there. It's there. Mm. They just don't report it. Yeah, that's the hypocrisy of it all. She's saying one thing and blatantly doing something else and proving it on air. There wasn't anything there to say, well, Jeremy's got COVID. He well, their whole family. We've all got COVID. She we've all been jabbed. And, we've all and, been boosted. <laughs> we've all been that. And now we've got it again. But yeah. Because you've been jabbed, because you've been boosted, you are going to get it again. And that's what it's all about. You are going to get it. It's the system of jab, 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 boost, 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 depletes your system. And all it is is like an umbrella effect. You've got to, not until you actually have a good bout of COVID without having all that vaccine in you will you your immune system actually find its own triggers and signals and it will sort itself out COVID, so, is, there. COVID is here to stay yeah it's not just going to go away now you've got to live with it to. yeah you've got to live with it you the man humanity has got to grow with it we yeah. find our own defenses nature has proven time and time and time again and this little manufactured nasty that's out there is we, we get over it. We can get over it quite quite easily. But people are still coming up with hospitalized now, are vaccinated. The high numbers of them, you will probably get some unvaccinated. It's going to happen. It, people, it will affect people in different ways. But the high numbers are all the vaccinated people. I, I mean, I'd just like to say like this, said, is, this Johnson, is breaking. Um, yeah, this is breaking. I'm sorry. Uh, Elmo from Sesame Street has right. died of uh, myocarditis uh, following a COVID vaccine. Just, I'm just just throwing that out there. What? Oh, do you mean he actually exploded <laughs> no, in a puff it was, of feathers? It was, it was the Babylon Bee I had to. Sorry. <laughs> I, that, that, but to what you were saying, that that's uh, where I was going to go with it, is that um, even, even if we were to take the jabs out of the picture, the thing is, is COVID was going to stick with us for a while anyway, because they, the, what they were telling us, at least based on what we were, they were telling us and how quickly we seen it evolve, um, it was probably going to be something akin to the flu. And eventually it would have devolved uh, or, or, you know, weakened itself to the point where it effectively would have been just like the flu and we would have had another strain of flu going around. That's basically flu, what it was. They say it's be. linked to the flu. They say it's linked to the common cold. Common cold re-engineers itself but it's nature's i've got to tell people again i've got to say this it's nature's boost against it if you've got the common cold it keeps covid away yeah it's been medically proven they've tested that it's there so get off the vaccines 
get off the boosters, take your chances, and you'll come out the other side. Or more people would have come out the other side than those that have gone down. Well, the numbers are horrendous. I, I would I would put a caveat there because uh, the the way it, the way you worded that come off the boosters and the vaccines. If you've been boosted and vaccinated for COVID nineteen, I would highly recommend one. Uh, you be monitored, you know, you, you go in for checkups somewhat regularly, more often for, you know, heart and those kind of things, blood clots, uh, but also have, um, you know, uh, taking your, your vitamins and whatnot to ensure that your immune system is being boosted. Because if you oh, have, yeah, hang on, you've got, oh, you know, sorry, I was, I was expecting um, a certain level of personal responsibility. When yeah. we have talked about this endlessly, about the simple ways you can actually treat your system with vitamin C, zinc, et cetera. And you have to take your own body back. You have to take charge of it because what's got us here is listening to endless fear. That's right. That's right. It's just wrong. And this is where we are now. Now, you heard me report that uh, Elmo had passed because of myocarditis due to a (laughs) COVID-19 jab. This is him on uh, on his program this morning. Now, Daddy has super duper hero bandages. You were a hero today, getting your COVID vaccine, Elmo. There was a little pinch, but Elmo was really glad to have Daddy there with him. I had questions about Elmo getting the COVID vaccine. I talked to our pediatrician and learned that the vaccine is the best way to keep him and everyone else healthy. (laughs) It's okay to have questions about COVID vaccines for your kids. Get the latest facts by speaking to your pediatrician or healthcare provider. This is what we're dealing with. No, it's not okay. It's not okay to question it. If you question it, you get yourself banned. You get silenced, censored, shadow banned. Like, you can't go and ask real questions because they shun you. Yeah, that's, that, that's the level of gaslighting that that is. is that's horrendous. That's, that's, a, that's a show for kids. A, non, a non-living entity. Is being used to push. Yeah. The well, and and don't forget. Come don't on, forget. That is CNN. Not very ethical, is it? Don't. Yeah. Don't forget. CNN interviewed Big Bird from the same show not too long ago. If you remember that. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I had rumors. It's oh, it a- actually happened. It actually yeah. happened. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, no. Like that's oh, that's no. what we're dealing with. Is is that right there? How can you expect people to think? As in, like, critically think when the the last two examples that we've been sitting here discussing, you know, the Jeremy Vine thing and then that, the, the, the Sesame Street thing. How can we expect people to think critically when they're being bombarded with garbage like that? Well, the thing is, Jeremy Vine, that's your karma. You went down the wrong road. You didn't listen. You walked in there. You grandstanded in front of a camera to go get a vaccine, whereas if you were, if you actually believed in what you were, you would have just walked in there. Like a normal person, got it done without grandstanding. And why now, didn't he exercise? Why, why didn't he promote like a healthy lifestyle? He looks like he could use a decent meal and, and spend some time in a gym, pumping some iron. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of the guy or anything. But dude, you look like you do, you need to go to like an all-you-can-eat buffet or something and bulk up a little. The sad thing about it is, how many people that have had more than one vaccine and had the boosters would probably feel like they've aged ten years. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was on the phone with you. What was was it yesterday? I don't know. I, we were playing phone tag so much now. I think it was yesterday. And I was sitting in the car. I was in a car park. I was, I was sitting in the car. And <laughs> you were. there were, I kid you not, there were people that were walking past me that looked like they literally just rolled out of bed. They looked like they were 30 to 40 kilos overweight. And that's 2.2 pounds per kilo, if you can do the math on that. And they're wearing an N95 mask. It's July, for God's sake. And you know yeah, they're jabbed. Know. You know they are. Yeah. And that's that's the fear thing, isn't it? That's the fear thing. When you're so used to not looking after yourself and you've succumbed to this um, problematic mass idea of leaving your life in the hands of people that you trust or that you just don't want to. I mean, there's masses of people that just want to get on with whatever they're doing. And they don't seem to have the time to... Uh, think for themselves or take care of themselves, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, there's, there's so many horrible avenues we can take ourselves down psychologically, and there's so many different places they are that we can get angry with what we're seeing, but it's like, let's see, uh, an analogy. Right, a simile. Take Lord of the Rings. How many people in the world must have seen Lord of the Rings? The endless amount. Yeah, great films. And there's one. then there's one truth in that program which 
lines up with this is when somebody said to the Hobbit, I don't hate Ulam, I pity him. After where he got himself, due to whatever reason, whether it was the evil impulses put on him by the artifacted item, which could be an analogy for external forces in the rest of the world, he let himself go and he ended up in that pitiful place. So it's not a matter of, yeah, we can get angry with that sort of thing, but you've got to pity them. You have to have some form of compassion and pity because there's no way we're going to climb out of this without it. And that that is something we have to hold on to. Yeah, there are an endless amount of people out there that are in a really bad place because they've let themselves be led there by external pressures or they've given in or both. And if they don't wake up, they're not going to get out of it. Yeah. They're going to keep going down that dark place. Uh, just to kind of hone in on the, uh, you, you have to keep your empathy um, or compassion. That's one of the things they want to get rid of. They, they don't want you to have that compassion and empathy. As an example, let's say we, we have the social credit system. If you have compassion and empathy, you'll be able to look at the other person and say, okay, I can understand why they did that. Because if I were in their shoes, I would do something similar. Well, you, you can't have that. You have to have a society that's, um, this person is doing wrong by societal standards. They're not following the code. I should shun them. Like it completely detaches you from that. And mm. then it makes you more easy to manipulate because then you're less likely to get in groups. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah I, I see where you're going because if you've got a social credit system where everything is followed, yeah, and yet somebody speaks out, say somebody speaks out, whether you like them or not, Somebody speaks out and they get shamefaced on telly and they get their credits taken away from them. They're really put on the poverty line. And you see this and you give it, well, that's not right. I mean, they're a human being. So you then go buy something or whatever and give it to them. And because of the digital pathways, they know that you've done it. And then you end up in a similar place. Yeah. And then, yeah, that is where the compassion, the empathy goes out of it. It cannot be allowed to get to that level it cannot be allowed to get to that level because those in charge become more rigid more evil if you want to put it more tyrannical because it'll become easier it is so much easier to do something bad than it is to do good let me, and, let me ask you a question on on, on that so before we stray too far from it let, let me ask you just because you were talking about uh credits and, and social credit and, and things like that because that, that's where we're going this was out of the welsh government today now wales obviously is another country within the united kingdom wales is going to start giving people 1600 pounds a month in a trial of universal basic income ubi uh more or less uh and they've revealed an uh an entire uh, scheme and a, and a pilot plan as to how this is going to work do you see that actually picking up i mean do you think people are actually going to go for that <laughs> Oh, you're they, gonna they have. You're him. gonna. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do if you want to make sure that the trial works in your favour? If you were a government or a corporation, you would get a trial amount of people who are not going to naysay it. Yeah, so gonna, you're gonna find people those people already. who are gonna go. Yeah, okay. You're gonna go sixteen hundred quid. Yeah, I'll have some of that. And if that's per person, yeah, does that mean if there's two adults in that household, there's going to be three thousand two hundred pounds yeah because that can go a fair way yeah and and the only reason they'll trial that is because are they going to trial it in those who have council houses or their own houses because if you have your own house and you get given that money and you don't have a mortgage well that money saying, goes a lot further they're saying that if it's a council house that that, that then that 1600 isn't real because if it's a council house that's already been supported by right. taxpayers' money, right, and everything so, else. So they so say that, we got to look out for the lies or not. Yeah, yeah. They say that uh, in their first to start with, the pilot will be uh, will be working with five hundred care leavers as being the first to benefit. So care leavers, I'm assuming that those are people that are leaving the healthcare industry. I'm I'm just guessing. Obviously, yeah. Social care coming out of social care, they've left so it people or whatever. Left because of the vaccine mandate or something. I, I'm I'm just assuming. So uh, it. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm say, just asking. No, is there a brackets under it to say you have to be vaccinated to get this money? 
But no, no, but you, that's what it'll come to. That's that's what it'll come to eventually. It'll eventually go down that road. Uh, I mean, ahead, seriously, if, if if it's a social structure, there should not be any stipulation like that. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, Bruce. It's it's going to be zero dollars, though. That this They're effectively giving them zero dollars. If you increase universal basic income to the 1600 uh, quid or whatever, it, it, if they do that, it doesn't matter. Like, it's zero dollars. It's effectively zero dollars. The cost of living is going to increase by that amount uh, because then you have to pay for that. Yeah, it, it's you have to pay it's for inflation. that in taxes to, to continue. Yeah. So it, it's effectively going to be zero dollars. Everything else is going to increase in price. So you gave them sixteen hundred. Well, that's great. Now it's it, it, like it's effectively zero dollars. Everything else price is going to go up. Oh, this is so. It. But the, the 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 other thing is is it's creating drug addicts, and I don't mean literally drug addicts. I mean they're they're creating addicts that are going to be now they're going to be like oh government hand, free money. Hey, I like this, and then they're going to You've already got it, that. It, yeah, it, well, yeah, we do. But I'm saying it's uh we have that problem here, but it's hitting a larger swath of the population. And when they get that taste of it, it's the same thing with the COVID money here. You get the taste of the the little uh, government uh, uh, free money, the handouts, yeah. and you, you we, get addicted we, uh, You only have to look onto the UK structure of the welfare system that when you've got two or three generations of it already, uh, they know how to fuck the system. They have no incentive of doing anything, and it just becomes a handout legacy, and yeah. the children know how to do it. And to do whatever, because when you get in that mindset, those are the people that you might see going walking around your uh, supermarket car parks and things like that, because they do not look after themselves. They don't have to look after themselves because if they look after themselves, they won't get that. Yeah, they can get more of the dollar or the pound by knowing exactly where they've got to put themselves physically and mentally to get the optimum. They are sacrificing themselves for money their worth their morals their ideals but that isn't i'm not saying the first generation got there first generation probably needed it but then the children and the children after that get wise to it that's what happens within a big welfare system and you have a massive welfare system within the uk it's like everything in this country and i've always said it and it is it, it they create systems like a pendulum where things are not so good. So they create something that works and it optimizes when you've got that balance of the pendulum. And then when it swings through it, it goes bad again until it's dragged back again. But it takes so much to bring things like that back when they break. And the problem with the UBI as well is a, is a slippery slope argument. You get people connected to this. You get people uh, enjoying this little benefit. You get more and more people on it. This is literally our problem with social credit. When you start uh, or attach yourself to the government, it's kind of the argument we had with um, uh, Obamacare. When you have a, a socialized healthcare system, eventually you're going to have what's called death councils, and they're going to decide whether or not you're worth spending the resources on to aid. It's going to be the same kind of situation when it comes to money. There's limited resources, there's limited funds, so you you have to deem yourself we have to we have to uh see if you're worth uh, investing into so social credit that's what that's for so as long as you're following the rules and increasing your credit score well then you're one of the ones you're one of the individuals that's worth investing in so we're going to continue giving your UBI, your health insurance, your job, your place of residence, your food, all of those things. They'll continue doing it because you're worth, uh, you know, you're, you're funding society or you're, you're putting up, you're making enough potatoes uh, more than you're consuming. This is uh, where the pendulum's gone. The extreme of the pe pe pendulum where it's got to the worst place is the social credit system. There will there's be. No, there's no there swinging be, back. That's the problem. No, if, they no, get it, if they get that, you get to that stuck. point. Yeah. This is the problem. It's such a hard thing to change back from there. That that is that we get there. There's a massive problem. Don't get me wrong. In every society, people need helping up, but it's it's getting to the to the level where they need to know self worth. Because when they lose self worth, they'll take anything and they'll think it's a step up the ladder. Oh, things are shiny for me. They're good. You lose that self worth. There's a reason you get a release of dopamine in your system. It's when you achieve something, little or otherwise, but it's that self-achievement. If you get into a social credit system, initially, 
for a lot of people, there might be that dopamine rush thinking, oh, that self-belief of everything's okay. And it won't be long before that dries up and it becomes gray days and in the same as what you think it's going to be. That imaginary utopia is a dystopia. It is nothing else. And that is how dystopias start. They start with that false image of, yep, we'll get you there. This is what you need. This is for the good of everything or whatever. And you're not going to get out of it because that that is the end product. And it's not good for some people, even for those. I mean, even, I mean, no matter where you go, a tyrant is never truly happy because no, that they're miserable. level and they live in paranoia yeah, because there's no trust they cannot trust anybody yeah because they've created that level of people or peers of systems of people that mess each other over for money and everything and else power. they just yeah yeah and it's not true power comes from self-empowerment nothing else it comes from being part of that humanity cycle we get so much more out of helping each other And one of the best things and one of the most great things, moments in history is when people have given openly of themselves to help others out of really bad situation. And most of them come come from times when there's other people causing wars and strife. And there's those hundreds of thousands and millions of people in our past that have actually stood up and given of themselves to put it right. And we're in a shitty place. And we need that backbone of humanity to stand up again. And we've got to keep trying to put it together because it is a dark place and it, it's not an easy, uh, yeah, someone's going to give you a load of dollars for doing what? I think, no, you're not going to get, you're not going to feel happy about that because they're telling you that's your lot in life and that's it. And once you're in it, you can only lose it. You won't gain anything more anyway. I wanted something to laugh about. That's you really wanted something to laugh about. Mood. Well, um, I was <laughs> yeah. actually going to, uh, my next move was going to be over to the um, uh, the GP shortage that you're about to have in the UK, but that's not a laughing matter, is it? I didn't know he was coming over. <laughs> not that GP, not our GP, but the, uh, the no, the general practitioner or general practices in, uh, in the UK. Uh, the Royal College of GPs oh. estimate that 18,950 GPs and trainees are likely to leave the profession over the next five years. Yeah. I wonder why. Well, conscience. They um, they list job pressure as the highest reason on the list. Yeah, but where does most of the pressure come from? Above if somebody them. pressurized you into do something that you didn't believe in and was wrong, how could that mentally mess you up? Well, you'd want to be you, angry. And how you'd could want to you, leave. Yeah. And how could you mentally mess yourself up by actually doing what they tell you is wrong. I think yeah? job pressure is them uh, diverting from the real problem because oh, yeah. all of those people were vaccinated. Not all the doctors were. No, well, here all. in the United States, they they had a mandate on a lot of the healthcare workers. Oh, uh, you saw what happened when Jarhead spoke to one that wasn't. Yeah, on film. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he turned right around and said, "Well, that's your opinion." He says, "Well, no, it's not my opinion. That's that's medicine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Am I a doctor? And are you a slaphead from the government? Slaphead. Oh yeah, <laughs> a slaphead. Yeah. Analysis by the Royal College of GPs, based on its annual tracking survey of GPs, uh, they say that the members in England found that of the one thousand two hundred and sixty-two respondents, forty-two percent said they were likely to quit the practice. Uh, to quit general practice in the next five years with 10% expecting to leave next year and 19% within the next two years. They have a current workforce of more than 45,000 and trainees, and they calculated that this could mean the loss of about 19,000 GPs and trainees equivalent to more than 15,000 full-time or equivalent GPs. That's a serious hit well, to your I'm medical sure. system. Yeah, well, I'm sure we can train up a load of Ukrainian refugees that are coming over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that they'd be happy to take the job, yeah. Well, that, that's the mobilization of populations. The populations, part of the population that the deaths are getting greater in are between 20s to 40s, which are actually ones we need the most. Yeah, 20 to 49. Yeah. On that point, I was actually reading a, a substack this morning showing that um, birth rates plummeting in the United Kingdom, Germany, Sweden, Netherlands, Switzerland, and Taiwan, nine months after the COVID vaccine began. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, we and know that. Look. Are in the range of 20 to 49, as you said. The COVID vaccine. COVID is there to stay. It's bad enough as it is. We've told people that it hits your system. There's 
all manner of devastation it can cause, but you can help yourself. There's loads of stuff. We don't want to really, we should do every now and then, once every six months, reiterate what you can do. But there's a lot of doctors out there that can tell you as well. The thing is, the vaccine uses you because it's a non-live vaccine and it's genetically uses you or part of you to create itself and triggers. And the first place it hits is your blood system. Your blood goes, guess where? Everywhere in your body. And where will this vaccine sit? Wherever the blood goes. And one of the major points where it is, is your fertility system. All your systems that help you, whether it's your kidneys, your fertility, all you need to survive. You need your systems intact. There is so much fallout from this. As it hasn't been properly tested. Look, you don't have to believe what we say. What we are doing here is just giving you enough of an itch for you to go look for yourself and look for it. There are so many doctors out there that are upset with this. There are so much institutions that are upset with this, that have been silenced for so long. There are sites where you can actually go if you've suffered from uh, a problem with the vaccine and you're frightened to speak up because people go, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer or whatever. Now, I've been vaccinated, but I've had, you know, oh, it's side effects or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 right. And there are places where you can have your say and speak up. Just look for it. Uh, are organizations out there which are interested in what you got to hear, which actually have ongoing talks and they accept not just doctors, not just professors, but they accept stuff from all walks of life, whether it's human rights and whatever. And there's platforms there for people to speak. And I think one of the biggest ones that is just trying to get off at the moment is the World Council for Health.org, I do believe. It's worth just to, even if you just go there and look at what you want to listen to. Or there's, there are loads of other places. There's the opposite side to pharma is natural answers to everything. Maybe it's about time we actually looked into that a bit more. Because I think it's going to get to a stage, if you're under social credit, and if you don't agree, if they can stop anything, why can't they stop your medication? So if you don't know how to look after yourself and feed yourself... Where do you think you're going to be? We already have people here in the United States that are uh, pharmacists that are denying people prescriptions because of their political identity. How wrong is that? I actually, I read a tweet just a little bit ago. You know that outfit, the libs of TikTok? There's a tweet that came through. I mean, I'm yeah. not on Twitter, but uh, this was forwarded to me. Uh, and they said that they were taking screenshots of, of different doctors and they said, if you're a white male conservative, go somewhere else for your health care. I won't prescribe you anything <laughs> anymore again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. You see, this is what this gets is, me. This yeah. is where we're at. It's, it's insane. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it, it, it's the hypocrisy of it all. There's two halves of the human race here. And we're not diametrically opposed to each other. We need each other. The human race, we need each other. Okay. It was very polarized male society or whatever, if it'd gone another way, it could have been a very polarized female society. But the only one thing you got to think about is whichever one was polarized and now it's been swung in the opposite direction and it's going more polarized the other way, by actually doing unto them what has been done unto you does not make you a better person. Unknowingly, because of the environment, the structure and everything, yes, one side of the human race made the most of it and they were in control as such. Now, when it equals out and it equals out and that's what it's trying to do, and then maybe there's an upper hand politically, it can be used, and then you put down the other half of the human race, like you were put down, that makes you a little bit worse because when you do knowingly a bad thing, it isn't very clever. We've just got to that we need each other we're part of the human race. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter whether you're female or male. We're all part of the same melting pot here. And we've got to get on, man. Otherwise, you are just a puppet of some political structure which wants to further its own agenda. And that is all it is. And if you haven't woken up to it in the last two or three years and it's still going on, people are dying because of the political agenda because of the power agenda because of everything if you still think that 
within a short period of time, a pandemic that we know, okay, we'll leave it there. A pandemic happened. A vaccine was created. Yes, there's some hideous results coming out from that. Then all of a sudden, we've got another crisis. Everything was tiddly-boo, but what crisis happens? Oh, God, we'll blame this one on Russia. But it's Russia part of the agenda because they, because of that, they're pushing a food crisis. They're pushing a fuel crisis. They're pushing every crisis they can think of. No abortion. Agenda. <laughs> no abortion. That's thrown into the mix, too. Yeah, this is, is. This is unrestricted abortion warfare on every level. Yeah, yeah. All of this is happening all of a sudden. And if you just join those little bit of jigsaws together, you don't have to be the brightest spark in the world. Sometimes it's better just to ditch what you think your intelligent answer is and use a bit of your common sense. And then just make a little picture, make a few arrows, make your little bubbles and put them together. And it'd be interesting to see what you come out with. That's the hardest I mean, part is trying to explain to everybody. You know, somebody like people are coming to me saying, oh, this is abortion, abortion, abortion. I'm like, are you serious? I, I'm just now to the point where I'm trying to break you people out of this this COVID agenda. You're finally starting to see that that's bull. But yet you can't see that that the Russia thing, the Afghanistan debacle, the, the abortion thing, you can't see. And, and the, the supply chain crisis, you can't see that all of this is the same agenda. The climate change thing and, you know, the Greta Thunberg thing, the Zelensky thing. You can't see that this is all the same agenda. They're just changing the actors on each stage. It's like they put the curtain exactly. down and they, they change out the stage crew and the actors and then they pull the curtain back up and it's the same show. And word actually that should be stretched a bit further is they keep saying Ukraine is a, pro a proxy war for those whoever. No, all of this is a proxy war created. Every part of this is a war. Wars aren't just done with bullets, shells, and tanks. What have we been told about? Oh, hang on. Chemical warfare, biological warfare, propaganda. Every one of these things this is happening is the basic structure of a war that somebody wants to win. And it's a proxy war that, funnily enough, where they say, tell you what, we'll get the herd to do what we want and we'll get the herd to pay for it. I'm part of that herd and so are you. But I'm, you might say, I'm bleating a bit about this. But yeah, I wish you would too and do something about it. Because yeah, it's it's our future. It's if you want the future for, for your kids and you want a future for your kids where they have a choice. Because this is what, we're bleating about just a simple thing as choice and rights if you just want those simple things oh you're gonna to have to stand up i'm afraid unfortunately we're can out of we, time um, can i just say a non-political topic yeah go ahead well oh, i've got one political topic that somebody's got to think about very briefly and a non-political topic because it's you and you've graced us with your presence today out of uh, sheer surprise go ahead i'll give you a good british sorry afterwards yeah, i'm surprised that. you haven't already to be fair well canada day is coming guys it might be worth people thinking about Canada again and the lorry convoy and that because Ottawa police are restructuring because they're frightened that the people might protest and have a say. Oh, God uh, help Hang us. on. Isn't, it, isn't their ch that their choice or whatever? But that's something worth living in. Canada Day is usually the 1st of July. Unless it falls on a Sunday, then they move it to the Monday, which will be the 2nd. I don't know when the 1st of July is. I know it comes after Ready. June, but yeah. <laughs> But I, I haven't actually looked. And the other thing is, there's a new phone coming out next month. Come again. You heard about it? There's a new phone coming out next month. It's no. It's come out on the 15th of July. So, there's so many of these things that come out now. First of all, my question no, is, no, no, who's... No, a first, a first. Who's bringing a phone out due to come out on the 15th of July? It sounds like something you can eat, but it also sounds like a mathematical number, 3.142. Pi? 3.142. Tesla Pi. Yeah. The Tesla phone. That's the Tesla Pi is due out on the 15th of July. So they're actually making it. It was just a rumor. Yeah. They're actually making Ooh. it. Oh, do you want me to briefly say something about the phone or not? What the expectations? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go on. Oh, I really does all the way. I really does all the way. We, we were actually talking about it privately. Up. What was it, Bruce? Uh, it's been a few months ago, and it was just, it was a yeah. rumor. Uh, Musk hadn't actually yeah. confirmed uh, it. We were speculating uh, at right. that point that it would use the Starlink system. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Right. The Model Pi, right, by Tesla, Elon Musk, obviously, is supposed to go on sale on the 15th of July. Storage space? How much storage space do you think it's going to have on it? I'm going to go 256. Up to. Up to. Up to okay, up I'll, to. Go up to, I'll go up to a terabyte because it's Musk. Two terabytes. Two terabytes, okay. Right. Up to two terabytes. How much RAM? 
Um, I'm going to go with 32 gig. Uh, it's actually 16 gigabytes. Okay, 16. Processor is supposed to be something amazing. The pro- and it's supposed to not have a SIM card. Yeah, a lot of companies are doing uh, what's called an eSIM yeah. now. This phone that I have here, uh, this is my special phone. It's got uh, a regular SIM card tray, and it's also got an eSIM that you can have access to that yeah. you can you yourself can program. So and it's going to be using the Starlink system. Now, the satellites they got up there, they want to go up to about 42,000. Now, Starlink is now regulated on all seven continents. So mm-hmm. basically, it's out there. Now, here's the question. Is it going to be... Is it going to have the option like a traditional satellite phone, or is it going to go through the land-based system and then up? That's my question. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I've just blinked this one in today, and I said, oh, there's so much. It's happening in July, because it's the end of June. I thought, well, it's something to think about. Well, we've Um, speculated, just real quick, we've speculated. I don't think we talked about it on podcast, but in speculation... Uh, part of the problem with the satellite phone is you need that little extra oomph with the antenna and everything to get to the geosynchronous orbit. These satellites are not that far. Uh, the uh, the delay, I believe, uh, is twenty seven percent shorter over longer distance. So if you if you send a message from here to China, as an example, uh, let, let's say it takes it five seconds. Yeah, the, the latency lag. Yeah. Um, with Starlink, it's it's supposed to be faster than fiber optics by like twenty seven or twenty eight percent or something like that. So you could you could effectively say it's one third faster. So instead of being five seconds, it would be like three and a half, four somewhere in there. So it, it's cutting down on the time a little bit yeah. because now, the satellites are closer and using lasers. There is a smartphone out there. There is only one that exists, and I'm going to show it to you guys here in a second. There is a satellite phone that's out there that is offered by a company out of the United Arab Emirates, uh, and it's called Theraya. And the reason that they offer that, it, it offers service to Europe, Africa, Australia, Asian countries in the Middle East, and that's it. It doesn't do North America or South America. But this is the only Android smartphone that operates off of both the GSM networks, and, or, well, the G, yeah, the GSM networks, and it'll actually operate off of a satellite network. But it is one that looks like this here. And it has, as you can see, this is an extendable antenna. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is that extra oomph that you're talking about, Bruce. You can see how thick that is. Uh, now I've yeah, and I I've got a satellite phone. I mean, you guys have seen it, and you know how you know how large that thing is, and the antenna on it is it's it's quite massive. I tell you what, um, but you, I'm you need that extra power. Where it goes. Yeah, yeah. And sure. know, although it's, although they've got the battery technology and they're supposed to have it, it also is supposed to be able to recharge solar wise. Yeah, he did they're say that they were going to really put. It was speculated yeah, there was going to be a solar be panel all, in the back. all round. Yep, yeah, no, they'll be all round it in very minutely whatever. But camera is supposed to be 108 mega, megapixels. Okay. So, and the thing is, the cost of it, I can't believe it. I'll have to wait till it comes out. And it is. Okay. That was my next question. Compared, no, compared to the rest of them, inexpensive. Okay. So it's going to be under 500 then. Uh huh. Might be quite a bit under 500. No way. That is what I've got to wait for. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know that the providers are gouging the hell out of everybody. That we know. Mm-hmm. We know that. The iPhone, the whatever it is, the 13 Max Pro or whatever that thing is that's going for $1,500 pounds or euros, yeah. there's $200 worth of guts in that thing. That's it. And that includes yeah. Yeah. assembly and shipping to the store. That's how much it costs them. And they're charging you that much money for it because they know that you're going to pay it. Well, the only reason I'm saying this is because if it is coming out next month, just those people that like to get things and have things, have a look. But that is a massive market to step into. And the only other side of it is because he's going out in all manner of areas. Because I did a snippet the other day and I really need to talk about because I'd like to get my teeth into this phone as well. But I'm going to wait till it comes out. And I think once it's come out, we could talk about future car he's thinking about, the cars he's thinking about bringing out, and all manner of levels. So if you think about it, it's got phone structure, car structure, that's on batteries and hydrogen. It's got satellite structure. It's got the SpaceX program. And if you link everything through where we're going down these lines, and I actually thought, well, hang on, where's the world going and forcing things into digital currencies? Now, if he's going to... Go to an ex- his extreme of where he wants to do Mars. When you look into his ideas, and there is something in the background called a Mars coin, isn't there? 
Have you heard of it? Yeah, but putting all those things together as well at the same time, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a skeptic with everything. Like I, no, I, I, you know. I am. That's why I voice it. It's out there. Right, I'm not saying right. good or bad. Right, right. It's there for information for looking at. So from from a benign side of things, I can see that Musk is doing the the creating the infrastructure for colonizing Mars. I can understand trying to progress humanity and and pushing us forward because some of these things you're actually going to have to really look into. For example, communication between Mars and Earth. It's something like what is it, twenty minutes or something like that? It, it's a fairly long time to send oh, yeah, there is, information there is a back lag. and forth. There, 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 there yeah. is a lag, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get over that eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's been some experiments I've seen and it, 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 uh, with uh, particles and using those as data transmissions, and it's actually really interesting. Uh, but all that said, at the same time, the more malicious side of things, he's also setting up the same infrastructure that could be used against us in, in a social credit system. Every, this is the problem. This is, this, this, is, this is, we are at a crossroads. We're at so many different tipping points, yeah? People can shout and say, well, we shouldn't do this. It's like the, the COVID thing. It's proved to us that you have totally polarized people, anti-vax and vax. So are we at a point where, shall we see where it goes or not? Because personally, I think we need to make a step out. We need a frontier because that has the possibility to re-energize humanity. I think there's a lot of people on this rock. Oh, sorry. It's a golf course, isn't it? Can we have that analogy, a golf course? This is a golf club and we're not part of the members. So shouldn't we then go find another golf club for ourselves? Well, not golf, actually. But anyway, I like golf. Personal. I like golf. I've played golf. I've played it. But then you're older beyond your years, Johnny, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you can say something derogative. It doesn't bother me. I quite like golf. Thank you very much. All right. Um, we are you're out of welcome. time. Yeah, we are out of time. We are going to have to go. So uh, I want to thank well, you for being yeah, here. Well, yeah, well, excuse me. I'm sorry I dragged it on a bit. He had to get the apology in there, didn't he? He had to. All right, for those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We would humbly ask you to pass us along to five friends. That's all, just five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up? Do you know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Ned and Bruce, I want to thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you.